This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. This week, I'm inviting you to join me for a walk. And we're going to take along with us author and broadcaster Richard Littledale. But before we set out, let's have some music. Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean, speaks powerfully about the love of God and perhaps hints at the theme of today's programme. Here is Gospel Male Voice Choir and Here is Love, Vast as the Ocean. Author, broadcaster and Baptist minister Richard Littledale has been visiting the island this week and with a few hours to spare and some lovely weather to enjoy, we went for a walk. Richard loves discovering more of the island each time he visits and I chose Glenmore, just south of Kirkmichael. I doubted that we'd get as far as the spectacular Spootvane waterfall, but I did hope I could take Richard to Cabal Ferrick, St Patrick's Chapel, one of the island's many keel sites. Keels served a variety of purposes, family chapels, wayside shrines, places of retreat. There were small buildings of earth and stone, sometimes with a thatched roof. And whilst very little of the actual keels have survived, enough remains to show that they were in very beautiful, tranquil places and often had a burial ground very close by. They were important, sacred places to the people who built them around the 8th century and have much to say to us today. So off we went, into the glen, walking along the river bank and talking. Well, we're just at the start of National Marriage Week and in a couple of days' time, literally millions of 
physical and electronic Valentine cards will be flying around. There's an awful lot of guidance given on picking the right partner. There's agencies to help you do it. There's countless books and courses on how to keep a marriage in good shape. But what is there about that other very precious relationship? What is there that tells us about the gift, the joy of friendship? That's what we're going to explore. And I'm joined by my good friend, Richard Littledale, who, like me, loves walking. And he's just discovering that the Isle of Man is absolutely the best place for a walk, isn't it, Richard? Oh, isn't it just... I could easily spend a great deal of time doing this, getting very happily lost and very positively lost on these wonderful trails through the forests and the glens and along the clifftops. Oh, I could go on and on. I love it. (laughs) Well, you wouldn't be lost for long, because you see, everyone on the Isle of Man wants to be your friend. And so if you look a little bit lost, they say, can I help you? And, And there you go. You're all sorted out. Well, I've spent a lifetime perfecting the art of looking lost, so I'd be just fine, wouldn't I? You'll be just fine anywhere, Richard. Now, we're going in search of a keel. We might find that if all goes well. If we get there, that'll be beautiful because I, I want you to see this this site, this beautiful keel where prayer has been given, where people have gathered. Sometimes we don't exactly know the purposes of them, but we do know that they go back to 5th, 6th century, maybe even older than that. But even if we don't manage to get there, if we lose the light or, or the track becomes a bit too rough, we'll enjoy the journey, won't we? I'd love to pick up on your word, if we get there. It seems to me that part of the nature of friendship is that it's all about the relationship and the destination is a little bit less important. A friend is someone that you trust to accompany you on the journey and you're more concerned about the trust and the time spent together than you are necessarily about where you're going. You know, I'm, I'm a stranger on the island and I'm trusting you to take me in the right direction. For all I know, you could lead me up the garden path, but I think you're taking me on a lovely walk. And I make that sound like a joke, but it's not. Because it seems to me that's absolutely axiomatic to the nature of friendship that you trust one another. Now, we come at this from two interesting directions because I am a single person and as I'm getting older, two things happen. I'm losing members of my family, so there's there's very, very few of us left now. I've also, sadly, lost some very dear friends. And that's just a fact of life. It's just how it is. You have been married. You had a, a wonderful deeply loving relationship with your late wife Fiona who tragically you lost to cancer so you've been through everything the excitement of of finding that soulmate of courtship of a of a long and happy marriage and the dreadful wrench of letting her go so we're both looking for different kinds of friendship I guess aren't we I often talk about losing my best friend and that's most definitely what I did Uh, and Lots of the people who are circulating lots of these books in Marriage Week will tell you exactly that. But I do think that now in this later chapter of my life, I'm looking again at the value of friendship. I'm looking again at the value of those who will accompany you on the journey without any clear idea of the destination, without any restrictive demands... The quality of the friendship all lies in what you put into it. It has an inherent quality. And 
I've been revisiting just recently someone whom I studied almost 40 years ago. When I was a theology student, I specialised in the study of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you will have heard of him because of his courageous stance against the Nazi regime. But he was also the only theologian I've ever come across who started to sketch a theology of friendship, and he never got to finish it. But he said, look, friendship is different to other kinds of relationship that have a covenant around them, like parents and children or husbands and wives. Friendship has to define its own qualities. And in this later chapter of my life, I'm starting to revisit that again, that I discovered as a wide-eyed young theology student in my 20s, and saying, do you know, I'd like to look at that a little bit more, because I value my friends now more than ever. But what exactly is it that I value about them? Do you think it's because they're all different? Yes, I do think that's part of it. I think also there's the joy of the unexpected. You know, I have some great friends now who've sort of taken me into their family. And one of the things I love most about that relationship is that very little of it is planned. So they'll text me on a Saturday morning and say, what are you up to today? And if it's nothing much, then they'll say, well, come and do nothing much with us then. And that's the sweetest and dearest kind of friendship to me. Having a person with whom you can do little and still savour it seems to me to be one of life's greatest treasures. Well, it is, because there is nothing worse than thinking you're invited to go in in a family or a group of couples and you think, I'm going to look a bit like a spare wheel or do I have to work to be entertaining and earn my place? So to be somewhere where you can be yourself... Yeah. is a massive gift. Yes, absolutely. You know, And I love going into a household where I don't feel like a guest. I love going into a household where I trip over the pile of washing and move the dirty dishes to one side and sit down at the kitchen table and someone needs to find a clean mug to give me a coffee. Because actually I don't feel like a guest. I feel like part of the family. And that's part of the nature of friendship, isn't it? That you say, come on into my life, come on into all the mess and we'll work it out together. I just love that. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that there are so many spiritual comparisons that are so close to the surface here because God says to us, I love you, I want to be your friend. How good am I at believing that? Uh, Well, the mirror isn't our friend, is it? You know, we look in the mirror and we see a person whom we don't believe is a worthy friend of God. The important thing is, though, he doesn't believe that's a worthy friend either. He believes that's a friend. The worthy thing he's not concerned about because he chooses to love. You know, And if one day, which I really hope I will, I get to write a book about friendship, that's one of the things I want to talk about and say, look, a friend is someone whom you choose. God has chosen people like you and I. <laughs> For goodness knows what reason. We're the whole world to choose from. But he has. And that's a fundamental tenet of the Christian faith, that we believe, in some sense or other, we have been chosen. But I don't believe God has chosen us because we're good or worthy or special. He's chosen us because he jolly well wants to. And that's good enough for me. And me. But we put conditions on it ourselves, don't we? We think, you know, I'm not worthy of that 
completely unconditional love. I guess because we see it in the world with conditions attached to it. I'll love you if... Absolutely, yes. Tit for tat, you know, that quid pro quo is there in all sorts of relationships, isn't it? In the business world, in the commercial world, in the academic world, and in the context of romance too. So yes, we do tend to take that. I used to have a very dear friend who used to talk about Christians suffering from a terrible disease, which was the hardening of the arteries. So that they were forever saying, well, I ought to do this and I ought to do that and I ought to be this and I ought to be that. That's not a language I hear coming from scripture. It's a language I hear coming from a nasty little voice in the back of my mind somewhere. But it is so true. It's so wise. It is so us as, as people, isn't it? It's just so... <laughs> it is, I'm afraid, so, yeah. So, and you see, here we are. We've been walking along and we've had to stop because we can't get through. Didn't I say that? I said, I have no idea where you are going to lead me, Judith. And here we are at a path with a fence across the middle. This is correct. The last time I came here, there wasn't a fence across. So here we've got a lesson in life. The last time I came here, there wasn't a fence and you could walk and in fact if we go up to the fence we can see why the fence is there it's because we've got some fallen trees and if you look you can see the path you can imagine where it was that we would have walked that would have taken us on so here's another lesson in life isn't there well isn't it just and don't you think the moments that you remember most with your friends are the hard ones don't you think it's the moments when plan a has not happened where things have gone wrong. Because those are the moments when the quality of friendship are tested. And you realise that that person, when they said, I'll stick with you, they meant it. And here we are, we had this lovely walk planned, and it's not worked out that way. Don't think it spoilt the walk, actually. But we're standing now, leaning on a fence, looking at the path that we cannot tread. And I suspect that both of us will remember this moment more than any other in the walk. Because it was the one that made us take a breath and probably made a smile too you're absolutely right but at the same time i'm thinking because there is something further along this walk that i would really like you to see i would like you to see this beautiful old keel site so i'm already thinking now i wonder if we retrace our steps for part of the way whether there is somewhere else that we can turn off that will have a better outcome and that's often the way. Alternatively, I could swap you for Indiana Jones and then we'd be able to get through regardless of the absence of the path. I could ditch you right here, but that wouldn't really be in the nature of friendship, would it? No. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm out walking with author, broadcaster and Baptist minister Richard Littledale. And probably because we were deep in conversation, we missed a vital signpost near the start of Glenmore, found ourselves on the wrong path and couldn't carry on walking through the Glen on the riverbank. So we turned around and found the path we should have taken. What we've discovered is that you are a man of great trust. You are a faithful friend because you trusted me to find another route round to where we wanted to be. Actually, we've had a lovely journey. We've talked about all kinds of things. We've just enjoyed the conversation. And it has, yes. It's taken us uphill and down dale. We've had some squelchy bits. We've had some steep gradients. We've brushed our way through some twigs and fungi. But we're here. This is where I wanted our walk to end. I wanted to bring you to Cabalferic, to a keel site that is around about the 8th century. And what we see here is probably one of the most complete remains. There are keels all over the island, but sadly, some of them are almost invisible and some of them are just perhaps a stone or two. However, here we can see quite distinctly, as we stand just a little distance away, the complete shape of a cell. And there is evidence to suggest that this was a burial ground around this and that this is where people would gather. They would gather to bury their dead and they would meet with the priest when he travelled around the island and and he chose to stay in this little cell. So you can see why these places are so precious to us, can't you, Richard? I can. I'm a lifelong Baptist, and so Celtic terminology doesn't come readily to my lips. But I stand here, and I'm listening to the silence, and I'm hearing it broken by a gentle breeze and the birds in the trees. And I truly see this as a thin place, a thin place where the gap between heaven and earth is so slight you could almost put your fingers through it. And I come back to what we were saying about friendship. There will be people listening to this programme who, because this is marriage week, are feeling acutely lonely and rather unloved and wondering who might ever be their friend. And then I think of the priests who occupied this place, devoted their lives to God, who was their sole friend and others who came to seek them out in this place, puffing and blowing up the hill like we've just done, thinking, you know, if I get there, then I'll hear some heavenly wisdom, and it'll set me straight again to know that God is the pilot of my soul, and he is my friend. And I'm so glad you brought me here. I'm so glad I trusted you to bring me here, because actually, this is like, it's like a, a shower for the soul. And you feel you're tingling and you feel alive and you feel that this has done you good. I am so pleased that you feel that way. And this is why there are lots of us who will come and walk and do these walks on our own. It's lovely to do it in a group and we have a, a special week every year that's dedicated to praying the keels, to walking in groups. It's open to anybody who enjoys a walk to come and explore these places. And I think it's great that we can take this opportunity, great that it coincides with this time that's all about couples and romance, to say that's wonderful and that's lovely. And I rejoice with everybody who is in a secure relationship like that but do not ignore the gift of friendship of all its different kinds of friendship ultimately the friendship with God that he offers us that has no conditions and doesn't need cards or flowers or anything like that it just needs us to be ourselves he does and with a whole universe to choose from he as it were stoops down and says I'd like you to be my friend he has no need of it but he chooses to have a need of it and there is a a grace in that 
that we will go on puzzling over long into eternity. And I hope we never solve it. I also think that he gives us our earthly friends that family where you can go in and it doesn't matter if you've got to step over the pile of laundry that's never made it to the washing machine yeah. or whatever. That family. And and I have people in my life who are so precious to me. They're not related to me, but they are so caring and look out for me and I know they do. No matter how wonderful those friendships are, they're only a glimpse of what God offers. They are. And, and I, I just want to say this. I think when you've really enjoyed listening to something on the radio, you switch the knob to the left and suddenly you feel alone because you've been in the company of a friend, a friendly voice that you know. But maybe today when you do it is the moment to pick up the phone or put pen to paper, goodness, isn't that old-fashioned, and tell a friend how much you value them. I have one huge regret in my life, and it is that I had a very dear friend who was taken very suddenly. And my biggest regret is I never told him how much I valued his friendship. He died, oh, about 40 years ago, and I still regret that I never told him, because we saw each other all the time. I thought he'd always be around, you know. But I never said, you're a great friend. And do you know what made him so special? He really made me laugh. He had a great sense of (laughs) humour. That's a key quality, isn't it? But yes, never waste an opportunity to tell a friend how valuable they are. at Cabal Ferrick is a favourite place of Blue Badge Guide and deeply committed Christian Phil Crane. And it's inspired him to choose this poem, The Bright Field, by R.S. Thomas. I have seen the sun break through to illuminate a small field for a while and gone my way and forgotten it. But that was the pearl of great price, the one field that had the treasure in it. I realise now that I must give up all that I have to possess it. Life is not hurrying on to a receding future, nor hankering after an imagined past. It is the turning aside, like Moses, to the miracle of the lit bush, to a brightness that seemed as transitory as your youth once, but is the eternity that awaits you.
This day, I thank God for the gift of my friends, for connection and laughter, for comfort and strength, for encouragement and unity, for forgiveness and grace, for celebration and joy. They are so many things to me, a rich tapestry of blessings woven through my life. Thanks be to God. And with a Celtic blessing from Margaret Ritzer's choir, and with thanks to Phil Crane and Reverend Richard Littledale, that's all that we have time for today. So let's finish with a look at our notice board. This afternoon it's the second and final snowdrop tea in Old Kirk Braddon, served between half past two and four o'clock. Afternoon tea is just £8 per person. When you arrive, pop into Old Kirk Braddon to book your afternoon tea and it'll be ready waiting for you when you've finished walking around admiring the snowdrops. And a reminder about the launch of the book Christ's Seven Words from the Cross by the very Reverend Canon John Mann. The launch of his latest book is tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock in the Cathedral Church of St Mary of the Isle, Hill Street, here in Douglas, with refreshments afterwards. On Tuesday the 13th, Sandy Gate Chapel on the Jerby Road have their first fundraising coffee morning of the year and you're invited to pop into Sandy Gate Chapel anytime between 10am and 12 noon to enjoy tea, coffee and cakes. There'll be a raffle too. Admission is free but all donations and proceeds from the raffle will benefit Craig's Heartstrong Foundation. Tuesday the 13th is Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Day, and you're invited to the Abbey Church Hall in Ballasalla between four and half past five to enjoy pancakes with various sauces, toast and hot and cold drinks. Children are most welcome, but they must bring a grown-up with them. There's no fixed charges, just a donation as you're able, and all proceeds will benefit the charity Water Aid. Wednesday the 14th is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, the start of our journey towards Easter. In the Abbey Church in Balasala at 12 noon on Wednesday, there'll be a service of Holy Communion and an opportunity to receive the Mark of Ashes as a reminder of our mortality and our deep need of God's love. All are welcome, particularly if you've never been to an Ash Wednesday service before. My list of Lenten lunches is building nicely. Most of them start next week and they'll be on next Sunday's notice board. But one starts this week in St Anthony's Pastoral Centre in Onken beginning this Thursday the 15th and each Thursday during Lent. Lunch will be served from half past 12 until 2 o'clock. The cost is £8 for homemade soup, bread and butter, a choice of desserts and tea or coffee. All proceeds will benefit the Isle of Man Hospice. And finally, looking ahead to next Sunday, there's a mariner's service at the Abbey Church in Balasala at half past six. Led by Reverend Ruth Walker with soloist Mr Ari Isinger and organist Mr Gareth Moore. And I'm afraid that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back later in our virtual lounge tonight from nine o'clock with our usual mix of easy listening music, your requests and your dedications. And I do hope you can join me then. 
So till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. Mm-hmm.